Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. So we're picking up in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6 through 13. Uh, we're picking up in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 6 through 13. This is um, it's kind of the context of the scripture we're picking up. Uh, so the prophet Samuel has been told by God um, that it's time to find a new king. Um, that King Saul, he had turned his back on God, and all the things he committed to do, he was soon um, forgetting to do. And uh, so God told Samuel, uh, it's time to anoint a new king, and that led him to the house of Jesse. Um, and Jesse uh, invites the, you know, the prophet Samuel for dinner, and um, back in that time, um, a prophet was a very, very big deal. Um, there wasn't a lot of them. There was maybe one or two at a time, um, and so having the prophet over for, for dinner was a big deal. It's kind of like if the, you know, a celebrity came for dinner, like if, you know, Dwayne Johnson came over for dinner, it would be a pretty big deal. It was something like that, you know. It was somebody who everybody knew. Everybody knew who Prophet Samuel was. Everybody knew the job he has. Everybody, like, knows The Rock. I don't know why he came to mind. I was like, who's, like, the biggest? I don't know. But um, let's kind of give you context where we're picking up. And so they get to Jesse's house, and they're having dinner, and, and Samuel uh, is looking for the next king. You know, nobody at the dinner table knows that, you know, somebody's about to be anointed to be king, uh, just Samuel. And so he's waiting for for the Lord to instruct. This is where we pick up in verse 6. It says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab, who was one of Jesse's sons, and he thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And who's thankful that we serve a God who's not limited to our own minds and, you know, appearances. It's not limited. You know, God can't be faked out. You know, I know some people, we can make uh, misled decisions, but you can never mislead God. God knows the heart, and that's the kind of God we serve. And, and so he looks at our heart. He doesn't base uh, his opinion on us based on what we look on the outside, but, but it's the one we have on the inside. They sent then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse didn't have Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health, and he had a fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said, rise and, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Powerfully upon David. Turn to your neighbor and say the title for tonight's message. Say the heart of promotion. The heart of promotion. Let's pray over service together. Church, we thank you for giving us just the opportunity to gather under your name as the body of Christ. Uh, we have no other motivation other than growing closer to your son, growing closer, Father, to the Holy Spirit. God, just let your way be done tonight, Father. We thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place. We thank you, God, for depression falling off. We thank you, God, for anxiety being calmed. We thank you, Jesus, that your will will take place, God. Your perfect will will take place tonight. 
And we're gonna walk out way better than we walked in as, Father. We're gonna walk out more free, more alive in your grace, God. We love you so much, Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap. So it's about four years ago now uh, when I was at a Bible college and um, before everybody goes, ooh, like I didn't want to go to Bible college, okay. Um, like I was dragged there and had no plan on staying there for long. Um, but who knows, God has his ways. Uh, but I, I was at Bible college and like I said, it wasn't my idea. It was God's you know, idea for me and later dragged me there. And so I, I, I went there without much motivation to really give my all to God. Like, I, I got there, and for like the first six months or so I was at Bible college, I was maybe giving about 15% effort, you know, maybe 20% on a good day. Um, and so I'm just kind of going through the motions, you know, of, of, of being at Bible college, you know, kind of taking Jesus somewhat seriously. And, uh, but one day, um, uh, I was walking, um, I was at church, and I was walking um, through the hallways at, at, at church, and the president of, um, of the Bible college I was going to, you know, maybe talk to her once or twice. Um, I was walking through the hallways, and, and we kinda, I kind of make eye contact with her. And you know when, like, somebody's walking towards you, you're like, please turn, please turn. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, please turn, go somewhere else. Well, she makes a beeline towards me, and uh, she looks at me, and she says, you know, Caleb, I'm so glad that, you know, you, you're, you chose to be part of, of, of this, and I'm so glad, you, you know, you gave God, you know, this time of your life. But then she looked at me, she said, Caleb, I see you doing way more things than you're doing right now, and if you don't change soon, you're going to miss it. And um, that kind of really hit me deep, because at the same time she said that, the Holy Spirit was really working on me to, uh, to go all out for him. And so after that moment, I went all out. Uh, for God, it, it was really a, a 180 crazy type of thing led by the Holy Spirit. Where like in in like two months, I I, I read the whole Bible and I just and I like I was praying every night, every morning. I, I was really I was really experiencing what it felt like for the first time to go all out for Jesus. And um, but here's what happened is that uh, I went all out for Jesus and I made a 180 on the inside. Everything changed on the inside, but nothing changed on the outside. Um, I, I made a 180 for Jesus, and, and although I felt like a totally new person, everybody still treated me like the same old, old person that they knew before. And when I, you know, was really getting serious about Jesus, I was like, man, this is awesome because, you know, I'm going to get this promotion or I'm going to get this responsibility. And everyone that I was praying and hoping for, for God to give, um, every single one went to somebody else. And not only that, it went to somebody else who I knew wasn't in it for the right reasons. And so I really, I really dealt with God in that moment because I was saying, God, like I'm doing all these things for you, and yet I haven't seen nothing change on the outside. Like I haven't seen one ounce of responsibility or promotion come. I was like, God, like is it even worth it to follow you if nothing's going to change? And as I was saying that, the Holy Spirit said, like, are you in it for the promotion or are you in this for me? And it, that really hit me hard, and I said, God, I'm not in this for the blessing. I'm not in this to get to gain something. I'm in this because you already gave me something. And I feel this on the inside. And so no matter what, even if the promotion doesn't come, even if all these things I'm praying for doesn't happen, I'm still going to follow you. And I made that decision with Jesus that day. And as soon as I made that decision, every single promotion I wanted, God gave me something even better beyond my desires. 
and all these things were happening. I was like, wow, but what I realized is that when it comes to promotion, God already knows your motivation. If your motivation for promotion is saying, God, I'm following you, I want promotion, and so my desire is to get something, if that is your desire for God, then promotion's never going to come because he can't trust your motivation. But if your motivation to God is saying, God, I'm in this because I love you. I'm in this to serve. I'm in this not so what I can gain. I'm in this because I know I've been given something called salvation, something that I know I can never achieve on my own. So I'm in this for you, Jesus, nothing else. God can promote that. And when you look at the life of David, David uh, was somebody who really had, uh, didn't really have it all together. We know he made a, a lot of mistakes, but it says in Scripture that he was a man after God's own heart. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look at the heart of David and see how he prepared his heart uh, for promotion. Because promotion isn't based on your strengths. It isn't based on your abilities. It's based on the temperament of your heart. It's based on... Uh, on what is going on on the inside of you because this like what we read in scripture uh, the Lord said hey man look at the outer appearance but I, I look at the heart well that is both a both a awesome fact and a scary fact at the same time because at, at one hand you know God knows you the best but on the other hand you know God knows you the best <laughs> like there's there's no there's no fool in God like you can't confuse him into blessing you you know, you, you might be able to mis mislead some people, but when it comes down to it, Jesus knows exactly who you are. And so that's what we're going to be looking at tonight is the heart of David. Because David, he, he goes to this, this dinner party that he didn't even know probably was going on. I mean, we talked about how Samuel is the superstar of the time. He's the prophet. I mean, he's Dwayne Rock, Rock Johnson right now. And so he shows up for dinner, and during that time, the dinner party was everything. And so if you weren't invited to the dinner party, that meant you weren't important enough. And so David, who wasn't even uh, invited to the dinner party, who was overlooked by everybody else, he, he, he was the one who was anointed to be king. Because although it says in scripture that David's brothers looked like they could be kings, they didn't have the heart of a king. And so all day they looked like they could play the part. We all know they wouldn't end up walking the part. They, would have, they might have been able to look it, but they couldn't live it. And so God knew the heart, and he said, I want David, because although he might not look like, um, like how everybody else might not seem a king, a king to look like, I see the heart. I know the heart is what's going to follow through. I know what the heart is what counts. And David would become the greatest king of Israel. Like I said, even in Scripture in Acts 13.22, it said that David, son of Jesse, was a man after God's own heart. So we're looking at the heart of promotion because a lot of times people can attach promotion to their devotion. They can say, God, uh, you know, I'm in this to see where you, where you can take me. I'm in this to see where you're going to bless me. And if that is your heart of devotion, you're going to find yourself frustrated a lot of times. You're going to find yourself, God, I've been praying all day. I've been reading my Bible all day. I've been doing this. I, I, I haven't cussed in a long time, God. Like, God, I'm doing really good right now. You know, where's the manna from heaven? But if you live your life based on promotion, if your devotion base is based on promotion, you're going to have a frustrated life with Jesus. But if, you're, if your life with Jesus saying, God, I'm in this because I love you. I'm in this, God, because I'm sold out to you. I'm in this, God, because I know who I was before you came into my life. Like, I'm not in this to gain. I'm in this because of what I've already been given. And if you do that, 
You won't live frustrated. You're going to live fulfilled in your life with Jesus. So it says in, in, in verse 11, so while all his brothers and, and, and his dad, Jesse, they're all at dinner. He doesn't even know it. Uh, David is, is, is not to be found. In verse 11, we'll look at it again. It said, so he asked Jesse, are all these, are all these the sons you have? He said, they're still the youngest, Jesse answered, and he is tending the sheep. He is tending the sheep. David was not even invited to the family dinner. He is tending the sheep, which tending the sheep was not like a high, a high job to have. That was the lowest of the lows. Tending the sheep was the job for a servant, not a son. And so he is already being identified as somebody not worthy of even being invited. He wasn't worthy of being invited, whether because they looked down upon him or thought he was too young or thought he was too this or thought he was too that. So he wasn't even able to gain the invitation from man to, to even go to the dinner party of his family. But what I want to encourage somebody tonight is that God's promotion is not based on man's invitation. Because a lot of times we can first want to look good in the eyes of man before we think we are ready to step into everything that God has for us. Like sometimes you feel like I need to prove myself to my parents before I'm ready to step everything that God has for me. Or I, I, I need to prove myself to my family or to my friends before I'm ready to, to step into everything that God has for me. But God's promotion doesn't require man's imitation. God doesn't need man's permission to promote you. God doesn't need somebody's go-ahead before he puts all of his blessings on top of you. He, he, he doesn't require any of that. As soon as God sees that your heart is ready, as soon as he sees that your heart is good ground, he's going to sow into you. And, but it says that David, he was taking care of the sheep. He wasn't, he wasn't complaining about taking care of the sheep, even though it was the lowest of lowest job you could have. I mean, it was the job of a servant, not the job of a son. Even though that he had the lowest of lowest jobs that most people would have thought that was an insult and would complain about it. No, he was tending the sheep. He, he was doing the responsibility that was given to him, and he was doing it with a good heart. So David was being a good steward of what was given to him. Point number one for tonight the heart of promotion, the first type is that we need to have the heart of a steward. We need to have the heart of a steward. So David is out tending sheep while his brothers are at a dinner party. David has a low responsibility, one of a servant, yet he's taking it seriously. See, before God can promote you, he first has to see what are you doing with the responsibilities you have now. Before you can get that promotion at your job or before you can get that raise, what are you doing with what God has already given to you? Well, you have to have that heart of a steward because if you're not able or capable to take advantage of what already has been blessed in your life, how can you handle the blessings that's going to come next in your life? Because when the more blessings come, when the more things that God does to bless you, that comes more responsibility attached to it. And so David in that moment was, was showing how good of a steward he was because he was taking care of his father's sheep. Something that was a low responsibility, yet he was being a good steward of it. So you have to ask yourself, God, God, can you trust me? If, if God wants to bless you with more finances, he first has to look, hey, how are you handling your finances right now? And before can God can bless you with more influence, he has to see, hey, how are you handling your influence right now? Because God's never going to overbless you. He's going to bless you with exactly what you can handle. So if you're looking around in your life right now and say, man, I don't see a lot of blessings of God. Hey, maybe it's because you're not ready to handle more. 
Because I'm telling you, once you have that heart of stewardship and you're handling everything, promotion comes when you outgrow what you have already. God's not going to give you too big of shoes you can't walk in. When you're a good steward, that is when God promotes you to the next. See, before we can become a king, we first have to learn to be a shepherd. We can't skip over the steps that God placed in front of us. We can't skip to the next and ignore the now. we got to make sure that we're doing everything that we can right now, and that will be able to enable us to step into what God has for us next. Your now is connected to your next. If you overlook your now, if you overlook what's happening in your life right now, if you overlook it because it doesn't look like what you thought it looked like, it's not going how you thought it would be planned, if you overlook your now, you're going to forfeit the next. You're going to miss out what God has for you next. You have to be a good steward of what God has in your hands now, and then he's going to get you ready for what's next. Is, is, are you all hearing me tonight? What I, I want us to get to the root of tonight is how do I see the blessings of God come into my life? How do I become somebody who can, who, who, who can be a good steward? How can I have that heart like David had that where even though he didn't look like it, even though he didn't make mistakes, David wasn't perfect. Read about his life. He made a lot of mistakes, but he still had blessing after blessing, was the greatest king that ever was in the history of Israel. So how can we line ourselves up with the blessings like that? That is what we're looking at tonight. So before you can be a shepherd, you got to learn, or before you can be a king, you have to learn how to be a shepherd. How do you handle the responsibilities you have right now? If you think they're not important enough, if, you, if you're not intentional about it, you'll never be able to graduate from it. You have to be somebody who say, hey, God, I know I don't have a lot in my hand right now, but I'm going to be such a good steward of this. I'm going to take it seriously. I might, you know, just be a greeter at the front doors, or I might just be sweeping the floors, or I might be just doing this or doing that. But, God, I'm going to do it with all my heart. And if you have that kind of heart of stewardship, God's going to promote that. God's going to promote that. So the first heart, we got to have the heart of stewardship. Got to make sure, God, whatever is placed in my life, I'm going to take care of it. Whatever you place in my life, I'm going to take care of it, God. Whatever it is, I'm not going to overlook it. Uh, even if I think, man, this job belongs to one of a servant, uh, I'm still going to be a good steward about it. And so because of David's good stewardship, he, he, he not because when he was, uh, this is what gets me, he's anointed to be king on that day, but he didn't go to the palace the next day. As soon as he was anointed to be king, he went back to being a shepherd. Went back to tending the sheep. I mean, if I was David and I've been anointed to be king, and he was like 16 years old at the time, I'm like, okay, I'm putting my feet up. I'm putting on Netflix because my life is good now. It's set. It's done. I don't have to work another day in my life. I'm king now. And if anybody gets me lip, I'm going to remember you, you know, in a couple years. But no, he went back to being a shepherd. And then he waited for God to promote him. He didn't go and say, okay, I've been anointed to be king. I have the talent now to be king. I have the ability now to be king. I'm going to go and knock on the palace doors and say, hey, I'm going to take what's mine. I'm going to get. No, he said, I'm going to go back to being a shepherd. I'm going to go back to being a good steward. And then God's going to give me the promotion. And if we all know the story of David, God does give him that promotion. We have to come shortly. And so David is being a good steward. He, he's tending the sheep. And because of him being a good steward, of not only of being a shepherd, it also says he was a really good musician. And he was being a good steward of that. Uh, any talented individuals with music, we all know that if you want to be able to, to maintain that talent, you have to be a good steward of it, right? So he's a, he was also being a good steward of being a musician. And word gets out to King Saul, who's still king at, of, of the time. And then he reaches out to, to 
uh, to David because of what he hears about his music. And in, and in this is where we're going to read in 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, verse 18 through 21. It says, One of the servants said to Saul, One of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He is also a fine-looking young man. I don't know why they added that. But the Lord is with him. So Saul sent his messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son, David, the shepherd. Everybody say shepherd. And Jesse responded by sending David to Saul along with the young goat, a donkey loaded with bread, and a wineskin full of wine. So David went to Saul and began serving. Everybody say serving. Serving him. And Saul loved David very much, and David became his armor bearer. See, David, he was anointed to be king. But he didn't go banging on the palace walls. He didn't go up and march up to King Saul and say, hey, I'm here to take your job. He went back to being a shepherd. He was a good steward of what God has given him. And let me tell you something. He didn't have to seek out the king. The king seeked out him. How you know when you're in the will of God is that you don't have to seek out the blessings of God. The blessings of God will seek out you. And he lined himself up with that, and, and King Saul brought him into the palace. And he didn't go up to, to King Saul and say, hey, yeah, this will be my bathroom right here. Oh, oh, yeah, the plasma TV will go right here. Oh, your, your, your room? Yeah, that's going to be my workout room. Like, he didn't go up and just saying, hey, I'm here to replace you. He went to King Saul and said, how can I help you? He became his armor bearer. David showed that he, he showed up not in the, in the heart of saying, hey, give me, give me. He, he showed up, hey, I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to serve. That's the second heart that we need to have is that we need to have the heart of a servant. We need to have a heart of a servant. Even Jesus, the son of man, said that he did not come to be served, but to serve. So how much more should you and I take on the hearts of a servant? How much more should you and I know that the key is not to go out and make a name for yourself, but the key is to go out and be a servant to Jesus? And even said in, in Matthew 23, 11, he said, the greatest among you will be a servant. The greatest among you will be a servant. He's talking to his disciples of this re-implementing the fact that if you want to get promoted in my kingdom, it's not going to come because of you going around demanding or you going around because of your talent abilities. It's going to happen because you were a servant. That's why we have to have that heart of a servant. And when your number one priority, if you're saying, God, I'm not seeking promotion. I'm not seeking after you for your blessings. I'm just here to serve. If that is your number one priority, priority, I'm telling you right now, promotion will just search after you wherever you go in your life. In the workplace, wherever you go, if you say, I'm just here right now to serve, no strings attached, I'm telling you, you're going to be promoted so quick, you're not even going to realize what happened. People are going to look at you, it's like, how, how did you make it do, like, who are you talking to, who are you friends with? You're going to be like I, like, I didn't do nothing else other than saying, hey, look, I'm here to serve, how can I help, how can I be the one, right, not to think that anything's too low for me. So David came, and he came to serve, and he, and he served the king, and he became his armor bearer. An armor bearer back in that time was, was, was very important on the battlefield. It, ba it was basically the king's most trusted man, because if the armor bearer was somehow um, turned against him, the, the, the king was basically good as dead, because the armor bearer was the one who protected him, carried his armor, was the one who was his assistant. So it was a very, it was a very, very specific um, situation of being an armor bearer of one that is serving the king by his side each and every day, serving the king. And so when David came, 
again, he didn't come knocking on the door and say, hey, promote me now. He said, how can I serve? How can I serve? Even though he knew that, that his, he was going to be keen one day, he went up there and said, how can I serve? How can I serve? His priority was not promotion. His priority is how can I serve more people? How can I serve you, King, King Saul? How can I be the one not to have my name on the screens, but how can I be the one, you know, washing the floors or doing this, the little things, whatever it is. I'm not too, I'm not, I'm not too big to do this. I'm not too big to do that. I will do anything because my heart is to serve. And so David was just serving and serving at this time. And so we kind of see for a few years in, in David's life this pattern of him serving and being a good steward. This pattern of him serving and being a good steward. And we all know when promotion came in David's life was in the battle against Goliath, right? That's when the promotion came because once he defeated Goliath, um, that is when word got out, and that's when his life started moving. He started seeing the blessings and thing things that he was anointed for. But before that, you just see in David's life that he was focused on being a good steward and being a good servant. Being a good steward and being a good servant. Being a good steward of what God's given him and being a good servant for, to the people around him. Being a good steward and being a good servant. And then when the moment of promotion came, um, this is where we pick up in 1 Samuel 17, verse 20. So this is the moment. Um, when David, again, he has his, you know, he has his moment, right? He, it, the, the David against Goliath, right? He has his moment. But all, the, the, what, all those years spent up to it is what we gloss over or miss over the fact. Because a lot of times we go from David being anointed to David defeating Goliath. And we forget about the time in between. It wasn't, and then it didn't this happen like that. There was years spent of David who was anointed to be king. There was years spent of him just being a servant and a steward. A servant and a steward. A servant and a steward. Even though he, he knew he was anointed to be king, he was still being a steward and a servant. And because of that, when the time of life came, he was still being a steward and a servant. Here, I'll, I'll prove it to you. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 20. This is when um, David is instructed by his father to go out to his brothers who, who, are, who, he doesn't even, who doesn't know at the time, but who are being berated by Goliath for 40 days and 40 nights. In 1 Samuel 17, 20, it said, So David left the sheep with another shepherd. Everybody say he was being a good steward. He was being a good steward. And then he set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. Everybody say he was being a good servant. So you see he was being a good steward. He was being a good servant. And then he arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with, with shouts and battle cries. So David didn't show up to that battlefield looking for promotion. He didn't show up to that battlefield looking to say, okay, now's my moment when people are going to talk about it for the rest of history, about the story of David and Goliath, most famous battle ever recorded in human history. He didn't go out thinking, okay, now's my time to shine. Now's my time to win. Now's my time to get promoted. Now's my time to get that raise. Now's my time to get this. I didn't know. So he came saying, being a servant and a steward. And then when he showed up for promotion, it at first looked like a problem. When he showed up to the battlefield, what at first looked like a problem was actually where he would get his promotion. He shows up to the battlefield, and we all know the story. Goliath is stomping around, berating the Israelite army, uh, saying, hey, if, 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 you, if you send somebody to come and, and defeat me, we'll become your servants. But if we defeat you, y'all will become our slaves. And so he's just berating them for 40 days and 40 nights, and all the Israel army is terrified. Nobody wants to fight Goliath. And so for 40 days and 40 nights, this is going on, and that is when David shows up. And then David shows up, 
right? He's just being a good steward and servant. This is what y'all could remember. He didn't come up saying, okay, now's my moment to shine. He didn't like, he was being a good steward, being a good servant. And he shows up to the battlefield. He sees what's going on. And he sees everybody terrified, hiding behind rocks, not wanting to even look at Goliath. He shows up and he says, okay, what's going on? And then he says, okay, you know what? I'm the man for the job. And so he says, I'll go fight Goliath. And even though King Saul says, hey, look, bud, I know you. You, you can't do this. He's like, no, I can't do it. And so after much talk, he goes out um, to fight uh, Goliath. And in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, um, this is where we pick up. So he goes out to fight to, um, Goliath. And David replied to the Philistine. He said, you come to me with sword, spirit, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut your head off, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. And spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. But here's what I want you all to catch. As Goliath moved closer to attack, it said that David ran away. Oh, it doesn't say that. Oh, y'all reading? It said David, oh, no, it didn't say that. It said that David said, oh, I forgot, like, I'm a servant. Like, I'm not doing what? No, it said that as soon as Goliath stepped forward, David ran quickly to meet him. David did not hesitate when his time of promotion came. Because this is where a lot of us get stuck. This is where a lot of us miss, miss our moment, is that we've been serving and we've been a good, doing a good steward. Like, like I could have been preaching this whole time and say, Caleb, I've been doing all those things. But then we get to the time of promotion, and when that moment of faith is at our door, that's when we stop. That's when we say, so, well, I, I don't know about this. Oh, I, know, I don't know about this, God. And we stop, and we stop, and, we, and when we lose and we hesitate and fear grabs a hold of us, and we stay where we are for, for the rest of the time. But it says that David, he ran quickly out to meet him. He did not hesitate in a moment uh, of the battle. And, and we all know the story. He defeated Goliath. The, the third type of heart that we have to have, we have to have a heart of a steward. We have to have a heart of a servant. But we have to have a heart of a soldier as well. We have to be willing to say, God, when you call me, I'm going to be obedient to you. When you say step out, I'm going to step out. When you say go fight Goliath, I'm going to fight Goliath. When you say go talk to that person in the grocery store about my name, I'm going to go talk to that person in the grocery store about your name. I'm not going to hesitate in a moment of battle because I don't want to miss out on my promotion. Because we can be so caught up in doing things, but when promotion knocks on our door, a lot of times it looks like a, a problem. A lot of times it looks like a battle with Goliath, but we don't realize this is God preparing for all the things we've been anointed for. And now's our time not to hesitate. Now's our time to trust God. And it says, like David, run out quickly to meet whatever God has called you to. We have to have that heart of a soldier. You have to be ready to be obedient when God calls you. I can tell you how many times that we all know the tugging on our heart. We all know that feeling. When God tugs on our heart to go somewhere and we have about 10 seconds to say yes or no. Does everybody know like that window? Like have you ever had like a tug and you're like tugging and you're like fighting back? You know, and then after a while, that tugging goes away. I mean, we've all felt like that tug, that tug, and tug, and then after about 10 seconds, it goes away, and you're like, was that God? I don't know if that was God. And then the sad thing is, we'll never know if it was God. But when you feel that tugging, and you feel that, man, I feel like God's telling me to do this or do that, when you feel that tugging, you better not hesitate. You better not hesitate. Have the heart of a soldier where a soldier doesn't question the orders that they get from their general, right? A soldier doesn't say, oh, well, you know, maybe. 
No, the soldier says, oh, you called me? Okay, I'm, this, I'm answering these orders. I'm going out. I don't care what the odds. I don't care what people say. I don't care what the opinions say. I don't care what nothing is. If I'm getting the orders from my general, which, which our general is in heaven, his name is Jesus, when we get the orders from him, we have to be obedient like a soldier is. And if we meet him out in battle, we let go of the fear that's trying to hold us back. We let go of all the, the anxiety of saying, well, what do people think? What the, it doesn't matter because you can say, well, you know what, God? I've been a good steward. I've been a good servant. Man, I want to be a good soldier as well. I want to make sure I say yes when I need to. I want to make sure I step out when I need to, to have that faith to step out in the, in the heat of the moment and not hesitate. And I'm telling you right now, if, if you just don't, like, whenever you feel that tugging, instead of thinking about it, if you just do it, because faith isn't <laughs> When you, when you step out by faith, it doesn't happen by you thinking and playing the odds. You're like, man, okay, God, you want me to do that? Okay, wait, let me, let me do pros and cons over here real quick. Mm, say yes to Jesus. Well, I won't do what I can do. That won't be good. Like, like if yeah, that's not what faith looks like. Faith is saying, okay, God, you want me to do this? I'm doing it. I'm not questioning no other thing. I'm not listening to other people because if you let that tugging um, go on for a while, who knows, right after you wait for five seconds, you hear one voice. Another five seconds, you hear another voice. And after about five years, all you're hearing are other voices and not God anymore. Because now God's moved on somewhere else. But you have that heart of a soldier saying, God, I have that faith to step out. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to do like David did. It said David was a good warrior even before he fought Goliath. We have to be somebody who says yes no matter what. And what, what, what is funny is that God knew this all along. Because you look at the story, and all those brothers that David had, everybody who said they looked to be king, they, they definitely met the picture to be king, they had, like, they had like a lot of Instagram likes, and all the degrees you need to do this or that. Like all those brothers he had, they were all running in a time of battle. When Goliath stepped up, it said Eliab run. When Goliath stepped up, it says Abinadab run. When Goliath stepped up, it says Shema, he, he ran. But when David saw Goliath stepping towards him, the one who nobody thought was worthy of it, the one who nobody thought was good enough to even have a dinner party with him, he steps up in that moment. And he says yes to Jesus. He said yes to that pulling. And he didn't hesitate. And because of that, he stepped into everything that God had for him. Will you stand up with me tonight? We're closing. Y'all understand what I'm saying tonight? Y'all enjoying tonight? Because I know one of the things that people get most frustrated about when I talk to them about how their walk of Jesus is going, the number one frustration I get is like, well, I'm still waiting on this. I'm still waiting on that. I'm, I've been praying. You know, I, I've, I've been serving. But I haven't seen this happen yet. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen, uh, you know, that job promotion I wanted yet. I haven't seen that relationship I, I wanted yet. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen that. And my, my reassurance to them every time is, hey, look, don't attach your love to Jesus for your expectation for blessings. Don't attach those two things. Because if you do, pretty soon that, that you're going to confuse those two things. You're going to say, well, I'm not being blessed right now, so God must not love me right now. That's not how it works. Don't, don't, don't connect those two. Keep those things separate. Say, God, I'm loving you. And even if I don't see exactly what I want to see, I know that you love me back. 
Because if you live your walk with Jesus, saying, God only loves me when I'm getting blessed. God only loves me when I'm getting promoted. God only loves me when everything's going right with my relationship. God only loves me when that. You're going to be confused when those things aren't happening. And what's going to happen? You're not going to be getting the blessings that you thought you should have or promotion that you should have. And all of a sudden, you start getting uh, frustrated with God. All saying, God, God's saying, God, why hasn't this happened yet? And after a while, pretty soon, you're going to stop losing your faith in God. Because you, has anybody ever had frustrated faith? We've just been believing for something, and you've been frustrated for so long. Now you're just kind of, now you're not even praying anymore. Now you're not even, because you have to stay in the back of your mind. But don't connect those two things. Say, God, I'm following after you because not of what I want, not for what I can gain. I'm following after you, God, because of who you are. I'm following after you, Jesus, because you died on the cross for me. I'm, th- I'm following after you, Jesus, because all the things you have given me. I'm following after you, Jesus, because you've given me your spirit. Like, I'm not falling after you, Jesus, just for blessings. Like, even if these things don't happen and I want to happen, I want to fall, I'm still going to fall after you, Jesus. I have a feeling that is something that we have to, we have to make a decision in our mind tonight. Saying, God, even if, even if it doesn't happen, or even if that thing does happen, whatever it is, even if, I'm still going to follow you. Have no strings attached to Jesus. Don't say, God, I'm following it after you. As long as my finances are good, we're good, you know. Have no strings attached when your relationship with God. Don't say, God, I'm following after you. As long as all these things are okay, because as soon as the string snaps, your relationship with him snaps. You're saying, God, what's happened? What's going wrong? But if you say, God, even if, even if that doesn't happen that I've been praying for, God, even if this doesn't happen, God, I'm still going to follow you. And that's what love truly is, right? No strings attached. That's what true love really is. Saying, God, I'm following after you not because of what you can give me. God, I'm following after you not because of the blessings or the promotion you offer. I'm following after you, Jesus, because that's how much I love you. No strings attached. Unconditional. I'm saying, if they have that type of love for Jesus, it said David had was had a was after God's own heart, man after God's own heart. That's what it looked like. Because David wasn't perfect. We know the story. He did a lot of bad things. But every time he said, God, even though that happened, even though I did this, even though this happened in my life, I'm still going to follow after you. And that's why he stepped into everything that God had for him. I want to leave you all with this thought tonight. Basically combining all three things is that God promotes those who have the heart of a steward. Everybody say steward. The hands of a servant. Everybody say servant. And the haste of a soldier. Everybody say soldier. I know haste is is basically, I'm not hesitating. (laughs) That's what haste is. For every promotion, for every fruit to bear, for everything that you sow to reap, we have to make sure that we're doing these things. God, I'm going to be a good servant. I'm going to be a good steward. And when the time comes, I'm going to be a good soldier too. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to be one of haste. I'm going to make sure I follow after you. Because, God, I'm tired of living a life where my my love for you is conditional. Where my love for you is conditioned based upon the blessings you're giving me on that day. Based on whether or not people are nice to me that day. Based on whether or not uh, the big account looks good that day. Or based on whether or not I'm getting the promotion I want. Because if you have that type of conditional love for God, he can't trust you with everything. Because he knows there's going to be times when you have to have that unconditional love for him. Say, God, I'm holding on to you no matter what. So 
Father, we pray right now. Every head bowed and eyes closed. We pray. We pray right now, God, that all the blessings that you have for us, all the promises waiting for us, God, let us not forfeit them, God, because of our desire for promotion or because of our desire for the things that this world has to offer. But, God, let us have the heart of a steward. Whatever is in our hands right now, however small we may think it is, God, we're going to give 110%, God, to what you have given us, Father. We're going to make sure that if we're just doing this little thing, we're going to be the absolute best at that thing, Father. And, God, that we have the heart of a servant. That everywhere we go, Father, we're just serving you. We are serving your name, God. Wherever we go, God, we're not going to be somebody who thinks we're too big to serve, God. We're too big to serve and too small to lead. But, God, we're going to be somebody, God, who has the heart of a servant. And, Father, when the time comes it, God, we're going to have the, the, the haste of a soldier. That as soon as you give us, God, direction, we're going to follow your orders with faith. As soon as you give us direction, God, we're going to follow your orders, God. Father, we just want to follow after you unconditionally. Whatever conditions we have made in our hearts, Whatever conditions we have made, saying, God, I attach my love to you, to this relationship, that if it goes wrong, then, then I'm going to lose, or my love for you is, is conditioned with my finances or conditioned with my job. Whatever we have made, Father, we break off all those things, God, and say, God, we're following you unconditionally, God. We're following you, God, not, not for things because we want them to, to get all these promotions or blessings, but God, we're following after you because what you've given us, God about to sing a song in a little bit in church family let that be the prayer let that, that be the the heart of worship that we have saying father what are some conditions we've made what are some conditions we attach to you god what are some conditions we've said said father as long as this is good we're good what are some conditions we've made father that needs to break away so that way we can step into every promise and purpose that you have on our life god what are some things god that we have to let go of and say father even if that doesn't happen even if this doesn't happen, God, I'm still going to follow you, God. Let us know what those conditions are so we can give them to you. And that way we can step into every blessing and anointing that you have for us, Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.